Come on, let's praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Tammy, hallelujah. Let's give it to her again. She blessed us. She truly blessed us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, it's been blessed. It's been a, a morning of blessing. Starting with the Carriers and another addition, the Palantir. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now we're getting ready for the other half of the McElwees. Get ready for the words. This brother loves the Lord. He really, really loves the Lord. And he put everything in it. Hallelujah. And we thank him. Thank him for everything he do and all that he stands how he's a holy man, a blessed man. He loved his family, loved his church, and he give it all to you. And so we thank him. So we'd like everybody to stand, if you're not standing, and let's receive this brother. He gonna bless us this morning. He gonna give us what God have given him. And we thank you. So right now, present this Psalm, and all of us know Michael McElwee, Elder. Come on, Elder. Love you, baby. Praise God, praise God. I can't say testing, testing, because it definitely is on. Listen to God with me. Father God, I want to say thank you right now. Your providence in everything, Lord. Just ask that you move in a special way on this day, at this moment, this hour. That you will move, Father God, through your word. That someone, Father God, will be built up. And that someone, if they're here or on Zoom, will come crying what they must do to be saved. I'm asking this, Father God, that you would use me. Put me out of the way so you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Christmas. <laughs> amen. I love Christmas. Amen. That's what it seems like. Amen. When I looked at this. Sunday school lesson, amen, that uh, uh, the expectations of gifts and this and that, and basically me, I love to give. Don't get me wrong, I want something too. <laughs> but uh, 
love to give. Amen. Uh, and uh, if it comes to it, you know, uh, uh, my last. Amen. And I know that's what God did. So I do the best that I can to mimic the Lord. Amen. In my life. And uh, I want to show that type of love. Amen. To God. To mankind. To mankind. I consider the source for those who don't know the Lord. Amen. But God considered the source when he saved me. Amen. I was undone. A wretch. Amazing grace, though. Amen. Lesson is coming from uh, our Sunday school lesson entitled, A King Comes Forth. Amen. A King Comes Forth. In addition to being the ultimate priest and prophet, Israel's promised Messiah would also be the ultimate king. Now, we find two prophets in the Bible that almost fit this right here. We find Moses, we find Samuel. Moses was priest, prophet, and judge. Same as uh, Samuel, priest, prophet, and judge. But only Jesus was priest, prophet, and king. Amen. We can put that in past tense, present, or even future. He's king. Amen. We can't get around that. Amen. It's a given. Jesus, we find uh, on these particular scriptures, if you want to look them up, 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 16 talks about Samuel. And uh, uh, we know that Moses wrote the first five books. So we know he was a prophet and a judge. So you can read all those books right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Jesus is king and savior. See, Samuel only had two books. Moses had five. Jesus is, the, is king, amen, and savior, the one anticipated, amen, in the Old Testament. But he did not come to establish a kingdom, amen. He didn't come to establish that, but uh, to establish righteousness and to reign in a way that the Jewish people of the first century expected the Messiah would. Amen. Nevertheless, God always knows what is best, and he includes in knowing what people need. He knows exactly what you and I need. The Roman rule ruled with the appointed puppet the kings of Israel. They always put somebody in position, like a, a Herod. Now, most of the Herods did reign. And I don't see anywhere in the New Testament where anybody else reigned during the Roman Empire. But we do find in the Old Testament that Israel did have kings. They had kings... In, when they split up into two different nations, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, they had kings. However, the, upper, the northern kingdom had all wicked kings. And the southern kingdom didn't have all good kings, but varied. 
it varied so much to where God had to judge them as well. He took the northern kingdom into captivity. The southern kingdom had to wait maybe about 70 more years before they were taken into captivity. Those threats by uh, the Assyrians and the Babylonians existed. But nevertheless, God had to take the southern kingdom into captivity as well. Here in this particular passage of Isaiah, we find that Isaiah, in the Old Testament, they called him the gospel prophet. The gospel prophet. Amen. The Roman rule, uh, being, being who they were, they conquered their foes. Amen. When they conquered, well, not Roman, Rome necessarily, but I want to talk about the Assyrians for a minute. What the Assyrians did, they would capture their foes or their country, the country that they wanted to take into captivity. They captured them and, and deported the folks out of the land and brought in, amen, conquered folk from other lands. So you had a mixed population there where, and the, the, the idea was so they wouldn't revolt against them. However, Amen. We find that this particular thing happened to the northern kingdom of Israel. But God said that he was going to bring back all Israel. All, somebody had told me, one brother had told me that, uh, no, nah, the northern kingdom, uh, that, they're done. But God knows where they have been scattered. And he said he's going to draw them back to the land. They needed a Messiah at this particular time, the Jews did. And Jesus, however, did not come to rule like they thought that he should come. Amen. So in looking at our outline in regards to this particular lesson, the first outline says welcoming the king. The second is uh, John 12, 12 to 15. And verse 16, which says, uh, misunderstanding the king. Can I take a drink of water right quick? Thank you. Amen. Verse 6 here. It says, for unto us, follow along with me, I believe it's up here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the, government, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here in outline one, the prophet Isaiah had lived... Uh, 750 years. Could I stop right there? Before Christ came on the scene. These terms, child and son, elaborate on Emmanuel, the child to be born, to the virgin. The virgin being Mary. We find it in 714 of Isaiah. We find it in Matthew's gospel as well, where uh, you shall call the, the child Emmanuel. Meaning what? 
God with us, right? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, right? The virgin's child will be the royal in the royal line of David with the rights of the Davidic throne. We find in, in the genealogies and the lineage or the lineage of uh, Jesus, we find that this is true. Amen. Because we find that Jesus had come through the lineage of David. We find it in Matthew 1 1, and you find it in Luke's the third Luke's gospel, the third chapter. You find it there. Amen. He would be ex this child, though it says child in that first verse, when we look at the, the, the verse and it says, for unto us a child is born. What it's saying there is that uh, he would be a man, human, right? Amen. Then he said a son would be given means that he would have divinity or he would have deity. Amen. So we find there that in Galatians 4 and 4, in regards to a son, he said, God sent forth his, said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. That's just verse, but verse 5 says, to redeem those. Amen. So he was in the position of being born of a child and verse 5 being shown deity. Amen. And there in Galatians 4, 4 or through 5. In John 1, 14, he said, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The coming king will be a man in material body. He will be subject to the ordinary laws of human government. He will experience hunger. He will experience weariness, sleep, amen, thirst, and emotions. Emotions-wise that uh, he got mad and whooped the money changers out of the temple. And he cried when he saw Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Amen. He was crying, emotional. Amen. We were created, and this gives us uh, uh, confirmation that we were created in the image of God. So if Jesus is deity, he said in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, we were created in his in image. So if he has these type of human traits of being sleep and hungry and, and crying, that lets me know that what God says is true. Now, that ain't the only thing. I, everything, I don't care what it is that God has told me. I don't know about you, but uh, what, he has, what I've understood in regards to his word is true from every word jot and tittle, from Genesis to Revelation. Now, I believe that. Amen. The coming king, though he would be a man, he will sinless, though. In thought, he was sinless in word, and he was sinless indeed. The Son of God would possess all the attributes of God and do the work of God. He will accept the title of God and work and the work of God became, becoming a sacrifice, everything that God sent Jesus to do. Because Jesus said, I didn't write this down, but he did say somewhere that I came to do the will of him that sent me. 
I'm not quite sure some of the scholars have read that somewhere before. And there are four titles here given to the Messiah in this particular verse one. He said that the, the government shall be upon your shoulder. Two, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Three, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And four, the Prince of Peace. Where it said that the government shall be upon his shoulder, views the Messiah as a king. Right? Jesus' perfect rule will contrast with imperfect kings like Ahaz, imperfect kings like Ahab, and Manasseh. Even good governments, amen, even good governments are faulty, amen, because they are made up of faulty human beings. In the end, however, the government will, will rest on the shoulders of the, the Messiah, talking about his shoulders. The government, the government <laughs> will rest on his shoulders, the shoulders of the Messiah who will rule and reign in righteousness and truth. The prophecy will find its fulfillment in the millennial kingdom of Christ after his second coming. So when Jesus came as a child, amen, he couldn't reign as a governor, amen. Even though he grew up, even though he had, he was, his mission wasn't to rule at that particular time. In his first, that was his first advent. He had to come as a child and grow up as a man so he can carry out the, the, the sacrifice that was needed to bring mankind back to God. He had to become a man to die for the sins of, of the world. The Jews didn't understand that. They did not understand that at all. The prophecy will find its fulfillment in the millennial kingdom. So that means that uh, all of this had to happen in the beginning, amen, him dying. And then him in, in the first chapter of Acts, one and eight, where the angel said, this same Jesus that you see go up, in like manner he will descend. We find that happening after the tribulation period. You have this first advent, then after this, the dispensation of the tribulation period would be there. Right now we're in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Though before, the, before this dispensation, dispensation had to happen, Jesus had to go through his, his passion to bring us to God. That means dying, reconciling us back to God. So he had to do all of this for us. Amen. This is the fulfillment. And you know what? Though Isaiah is called the, the prophet of the Old Testament, the, uh, the gospel prophet of the Old Testament, more is said in the Old Testament about Jesus being who he is than what is being said in the New Testament. We can find everything just about from his birth all the way up into his, 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 his crucifixion and even his resurrection in the Old Testament. Somebody, one preacher told me, he said, no, nah, the Old Testament is not necessary. And I said, I beg to differ. Old Testament, big time, is, is necessary. Don't let nobody come and tell you. You got a lot of false people. They ain't going to False teachers, not to say that they're not saved, but some have, uh, their theology is off. It is. Their theology is off. And 
out of humility and love, you can correct them. Amen. You ain't got to get into no big time debate with them. Amen. But now Isaiah, because of the many references and had many more than any other prophet regarding the titles of Jesus, the Hebrew word. Amen. Wonderful here uh, in this first part of, of his title means uh, uh, where the second, where the first part of, of uh, these particular titles. Amen. Did I say the first one already? <laughs> no, I didn't. Amen. This is the first and wonderful. The first part of this title means extraordinary. Amen. Or beyond human understanding, exceptional or distinguished, distinguished and is used of the association of the angel of the Lord or in the pre-incarnate Christ we find in Judges 13. And some, I think I need to go into that. It's because we find Manoah and his wife. His wife had been talking to the angel of the Lord. And we call the angel of the Lord in, in uh, his pre-incarnate state a theophany. Amen? So Manoah, Manoah's wife had been talking. Manoah was the father of Samson. Amen. And so his wife had been talking to the angel of the Lord. And so she went back and told her husband that she had been talking to him. Then she went out again and she and the angel of the Lord came to her. Well, why did he come to her? He came to her because Samson was going to be born and he was going to be a Nazarite. And he was telling her to abstain from certain foods and drinks. And so he came back to her again. But this time she went and got Manoah and went back with him. And so when Manoah came back with him, he said, there in that 18th verse of the 13th chapter of Judges, he said, uh, tell me your name. This is before the, the 18th verse. And the angel said, why you ask? He said, why you ask me a name? My, my name is Secret. Now, we find that only in the King James Version. Amen. Uh, I'm not saying that it's in, not in any other versions. I didn't check them all out. But normally that particular translation is, 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 is it goes throughout the whole, all the books. And we find the translation of that is wonderful. Now, he's saying it is used, you have wonderful, then a comma there, and then counselor. Wonderful counselor. We put them all together. Truly, Jesus is wonderful, a wonderful counselor. Amen. But he's a wonder too. He is. He's a wonder. Amen. I ain't talking about Stevie either. But he is a wonder. Amen. He's a, a, a strong. But then we see this in the 11th chapter when Jesus sets up his, his millennial kingdom, it starts out with the sevenfold understandings of who, this, who Jesus is. Amen. And how this, this, this whole world is going to be changed. Amen. In a thousand year reign of Christ. Amen. But he told Manoah, Manoah and his wife, amen, ended up saying that they were going to be destroyed because they had seen God, because can't no man see God and live. And so they cried about that. But his wife, thanks, thank God for the better half, amen, told him, he said, look, if God was going to kill you, because he asked them to make him some, uh, a loaf of bread and everything. He said if he had, 
if, if, since he had told us to do that and all of that, and here we are talking to him, he would have done it anyway. And so, you know, they, they were relieved. Amen. He, Manoah was <laughs> that God didn't do this, but she had the understanding that if that was going to happen. He would have did it. Boom. Right then. Because the angel of the Lord in the, you know, we find him throughout the Old Testament. But uh, here, this is talking about, amen, uh, how wonderful. And it's, it's translated secret. Now, it didn't get into anything about the secret aspect, but it was translated to wonderful. And it's all the, it's in most manuscripts of the Bible you read. So as a wise counselor, he notes as a wise counselor, it denotes who is the source of wise counsel. One who provides wisdom, one who provides meaning, one who de provides determination and purpose. One writer said, quote, Jesus never sought counsel from anyone other than his heavenly father. Were the counseling of Pharisee like who? Nicodemus a simple Samaritan woman or a grievous Mary and Martha. We know the Samaritan woman at the well. We know Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, wanted to be comforted. Amen. We know Pharisee uh, Nicodemus came in night by night wanting to know uh, 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 who Jesus was because can no man do these, do these signs and wonders. And so Jesus shut him down right then. He said, barely, barely, brother. Right there. Amen. You must be born again because somebody that you go to and try to talk to about the Lord that don't know the Lord. Amen. They want to get they want to take over. They want to start telling you and everything. And then you got to tell them barely, barely, brother. <laughs> you got to, man, because they 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 spiritual. Design. They can't understand spiritual things. You got to shut them down right then. Amen. So as a wise counselor, Jesus was all the above. Amen. Amen. And say, who has known the mind of the Lord to be his counselor? Yeah. Romans eleven thirty four. 34. People from all walks of life flocked to him, and he, re and he responded with authority to all questions, including about those things about eternal life. He never stalled for time. The Messiah will be uh, titled Mighty God next. Amen. The word mighty means powerful, inf uh, powerful, influence of strength. One of the attributes, amen. When you look at uh, power, the power of God, we think about the omnipotent God and his might. Amen. The God. Through Jesus Christ, Jesus being his architect, spoke the universe into existence. Jesus said in the second chapter, first chapter, 15th, first, first, the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians said that one day after he has done all of this, he's going to put everything that he did under the feet of God. So he can make him all in all. But before he came in his pre-incarnate state, he did all of this. He formed the world. We know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God were instrumental in creation in, in Genesis. But nonetheless, we find that it just seems like God was using Christ, the second person of the Trinity, 
to be his voice and to be a person, amen, in the affairs of man. He said, I am mindful of you, amen. And when he's mindful, and then Isaiah said, uh, send me, I'll go. I think that was quoting Jesus. Somebody had to come and die for the sins of mankind. Who was found worthy to do that? Not in creation, because God is not subject to his creation. He's greater than creation. So God had to go beyond that because he so loved us that he gave us his only begotten son, amen, Jesus Christ. So he had to go beyond his creation to satisfy his wrath against mankind. He had to send his darling son, Jesus, to take, see if you die for your sins, Romans 3, 6, 3, uh, 23 or 326 says that the wages of that the uh, not the wages of sin that's 323 but the uh, uh, the weight the what is that Lord have mercy amen but nonetheless he said that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life somebody gotta die for your yours and my sins so we know that Jesus put it in there so when the man said, oh, I'm, a, I'm a righteous brother, I can, I can take care of myself. But we find in the third chapter as well, he said that your righteousness is filthy rags. Isaiah 64, look at, look at Ike. Ain't he doing it? Isaiah 64 said the same thing. Your righteousness is filthy rags. Tell me that the Old Testament gospel, amen, is not Revelant today. You can't tell me that. Can no preacher or teacher or, or uh, unsafe can't tell me. I know that. Because they don't understand uh, their need for salvation. However, the, the, uh, when we look at these particular attributes of Jesus as being omnipotent, as God Almighty, Christ would demonstrate the power of God, amen, in authenticating his ministry. I'm trying to move on, move on. I don't want to take too long here, but as the spirit leads, I'm going to go. Amen. So we find here that uh, uh, in regards to who Christ was, you know what? I don't know if I'm, if I'm, I'm getting kind of, uh, uh, these eyes, I'm getting kind of old. <laughs> I'm getting kind of old. Amen. You can't hardly see sometimes. But amen, we still have a God, amen, who can do miracles, amen. We still have a God who can demonstrate his deity as he controls the forces of nature, as he can, as he can heal, thank you, Lord, and that he can heal of diseases and raise individuals, amen, from the grave. The title Everlasting Father here, referencing Christ as a father, does not imply that Jesus, amen, Exchange roles with God. Amen. It's not interchangeable there. Why would, why, would, why would somebody even think that? Because when you look at Jesus, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God, we find them being one in essence. Amen. Co how did that word go? Co-substantial. Amen. Jews, you know it. 
Amen. They equal. Amen. They one in essence. Amen. But there is authority in the triune Godhead. Because Jesus did say, I come to do the will of him that sent me, right? And that the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16 says he'll bring to the disciples the, back to the remembrance of all things that Jesus said. So they support one another. Amen. And they're one in essence. Amen. In regards to your and my growth. Amen. In, in our life. Amen. And he saves us. He's going to take us one of these days. Salvation happens day one when you believe that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died. All you got to do if you're out there, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. But Christ would also be the Prince of Peace. Amen. God's plan for the Messiah would bring peace between men and God. The relationship was broken by sin and, and will be restored through the work of Christ on the cross. The Lord Jesus brings peace to humans, human hearts, right? Amen. And he will establish his kingdom of peace when he comes again. The Apostle Paul writes, therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. That got to be explained. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 5.1 of Romans says, is this peace, uh, uh, it matters most. This peace that uh, he said that we have with God, you got the peace with God, you got the peace of God. Are they the same thing? Amen. You got the peace with God where he reconciles you. Amen. It's almost like the first chapter of Ephesians, the 13th verse, when it says that when you believe at the point of belief, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. See, he, you have peace with God because Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. Jesus went to the cross and died, and just by your believing that, he justified you so you can be reconciled back to God. Now, the peace of God, the peace of God, of God says that the person has, in their relationship with God, has a, how did that go? The peace of God, they are, they are, um, they are caring. You got to be caring because it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It shows your character, your person as a Christian. Amen. You are helpful. Amen. You're loving and kind. You're a worker for the Lord. You're in the service of God. So the peace of God is your personality as a Christian. Your makeup, amen, as a Christian, as while you are walking and talking down here. The lifestyle that you have is the peace of God. And why I say that? Because in First uh, uh, Peter, second chapter, where he said that we are royal priesthood, I think it's the ninth verse, a holy nation, a peculiar, there you go, the peace that surpasses all understanding. The world cannot understand why is she showing so much love to that wretch undone, to that drug dealer, to that prostitute. 
Why is he doing that? The peace that surpasses all understanding. And you have peace with God because you believe that Jesus suffered, bled, and died, and he justified you and, and gave you imputed righteousness so you can be reconciled to God. That's what he did. The peace, the prince of peace. He did that for us. Amen. He did that for us. Amen. Who wouldn't serve? God like that. Amen. Putting our trust in Christ, we are justified bringing, bringing this war. See, we are at enmity in regards to this peace with God. We are right now, if you don't know the Lord, you're at war with God. Amen. But And we know the end result of that war. Amen. If you don't deal with that situation while you're while you got a chance down here, and no man knows the day, hour, second, moment, and minute, when God will say, that's it. You got to get it right before you leave up out of here. Amen. Now, that's what it is. So that he justified you when you did do that. He gave you his righteousness and it's not filthy rags. Amen. It's God's righteousness. I have to make that clear because I was checked on that once before. I said that uh, we have been justified through faith and we now have imputed righteousness. The person who was listening did not catch the imputed part. He caught that he the part he caught, he caught where I said that I was righteous. And when I got done and came out of the pulpit, he said, I got I to gotta talk to you for a minute. <laughs> Had his eyebrow up like that and all that. And uh, I said, he said, you said that you, you had righteousness. I said, brother, I didn't, I didn't say that. I said, I had <laughs> imputed righteousness from him. He said, oh, okay, I see now. I didn't catch that. He didn't catch that part. Because I know I don't. Amen. Praise God. In verse 7, it says, The increase of the government and peace. Amen. But before I go there, amen. It says that the... Uh, let me go there. The increase of his government and peace, it should be noted upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice. Uh, with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord will perform, of hosts will perform this. I was thinking that the zeal, the reason why I was hesitant, I was thinking that the zeal of the Lord was in the same verse as these titles. But this, the the uh, zeal of the Lord is in verse 7. Amen. He said, the government of the Messiah and the peace, amen, will increase. It would expand the government of, of the Messiah and the peace. It will expand and endure. David's throne, the kingdom, it will last forever. Amen. 
while Scripture speaks of a thousand-year reign, right, of Christ in Revelations 21 through 4, it also speaks of eternal duration of his reign. Amen. So we, we're speaking of the, the millennial kingdom, a thousand-year reign. But even after that, the reign of Christ will be forever. Forever. We know it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. And mankind will not wrangle over none of that. It doesn't say that in the word. We're going to be there. He said, come on up a little higher. I'll make you well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going somewhere with this. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on up a little bit higher and I'll make you rule over men. This has to be in glory. Amen. So there, their ruler over men, that is not down here on earth. So Christ is going to continue to reign in eternity. And we're going to be part of it as Christians. I don't have no problem with somebody reigning on me. Why I say that? Because I'm in heaven. And somebody was saying, wait a minute, buddy. You believe in eternal security? Just like that. I said, yes, I do. He said, you mean to tell me that after you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, now he's supposed to be a preacher. Yeah, I, I'm serious. You think that if you go out and do this and do that, that you are still making in? I said, Jesus died. For all my sins, listen to me, brother, past, present, and future. Amen. Now, we do have a judgment seat of Christ for the believer. Because he said, he said you, we all as Christians, right, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for what? The good and bad things done while you were living as a Christian in this body. For the unbeliever, there's a judgment too. And guess who's on the throne there? Jesus. <laughs> the great white throne judgment. And when them books are open, if your name not, if your name not there, it said it took one angel to kill, what, 185,000 Assyrians? You think that you're going to you ain't gonna put me in the lake of fire. No, he done. Come on. One angel did that. Men, 185. Don't you think he can grab your puny tail? <laughs> Toss you into the lake of fire? Listen, y'all. I mean, I'm serious. This is true. This is what's going on. But Jesus is going to reign. Amen. He's going to reign. Amen. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will bring this to fruition. Yes, yes. All of this that has been said there in this first outline. And I know I got to go into the second one, but maybe I probably could. Donna Rose somewhere come with John, the 12th chapter. I just don't like to skip through stuff. You know? And uh, uh, I was kind of lengthy on this, but uh, I can't tell it all. But I love y'all. 
Jesus did come in there on a donkey and all of that, but we love y'all. Tell you what, read in your Sunday school books the 12th chapter of John from 12 to 16, you number four verses. Amen. Ah, man, I don't want to leave it. Wow. Wow. I know it's, it's, it's long, but nonetheless, love y'all. Amen. So what I want to say in conclusion is that Isaiah was the Old Testament prophet of the gospel. Amen. He told us that he was going, God was going to send a son. Amen. He was going to be 100% man, and he was going to be 100% God. And his name is going to be called Emmanuel, and he's going to be God with us. Amen. He's going to be uh, uh, called Wonderful. He's going to be called a Counselor. He's going to be called a Mighty God. He's going to become the everlasting father, the prince of peace. These titles for the Messiah should all be able to convince somebody. Because, you know, it's like God is the one, if, if your heart is, 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 is callous, he's the one who can break all of that up. He can break up the fallow ground or the fallow heart, the hardness of your heart. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled, right? If you believe in God, Believe also in me. There's always a door to your heart. It's not an expressway, but it's a doorway to your heart. Amen. That it needs to be open. Amen. For Christ to come in this Christmas season. Let him come in. Christ came to save the world from sin. That's the Christmas message. Christ came to save the world from sin. He so loved us. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, amen, but have ever, ever, everlasting life. I do not feel that, uh, uh, but maybe later on I can do a service with the 12th chapter, amen, in those four verses, because there's a lot of meat in that, amen, in regards to his kingdom and all of that, and, and his deed, he was, he was already, he's ready to go to the cross. No. Ah. Amen. The multitudes and all of that, and there's a lot in that. Love y'all. Amen. But if there's anyone who doesn't know Jesus in the pardon of their sin, uh, Romans uh, 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. It says that uh, there's no other name given to men as in uh, the fourth chapter of, of Acts, it says there's no other name, 12th verse, I believe, no, no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved but by the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. The wages of sin is death. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said this before. Look to your neighbor and say, Shorty, <laughs> He's talking about you. We all come short of the glory of God, right? Amen. It's not, this is real. And uh, uh, we are not promised tomorrow either. So amen. Uh, not in your leisure except Jesus Christ. Accept him now before it's everlasting too late. Will you look to God with me on this too?
Now, Holy Father, God, thank you. You know who's out there that need you, Lord, right now. Help somebody. That's what Pastor Williamson said in a song. If I can help somebody as I travel along the way, then my living won't be in vain. Bring somebody, Father God. Touch somebody, Father God. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.